Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. A brand new series today. I told you about this last weekend, if you were here, that we're calling Agree to Receive. So our word for, uh, our word for 2024 as a church that God is really speaking and that he's going to be leading us in, I believe, for 2024 is the word receive. And so we are in this series now, Agree to Receive. And uh, I think that over the next few weeks, we're going to come into agreement, we're going to come into alignment with some areas of our lives, with some things uh, that God wants us to have, that he has already provided for us, and just talk about some practical steps of coming into agreement in these areas of our lives. And so that's where we're going to be heading for the next few weeks. And our theme verse for this series, I shared this with you last weekend, just want to pull out this one verse, Second Peter 1. In verse 3, and if you read our, if you read the 21 day, if you're on our Bible uh, devotional that we're doing as a church, the verse today that was actually a part of that, I believe, was this verse. And it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Now, I want to give you a picture that will hopefully stick with you as we go through this series of what I mean by agree to receive and, and how I feel like the Lord kind of showed it to me and maybe this will stick with you. Um, let's, say that, let's say that this bottle of water represents God and everything that God wants to pour out in your life, right? And this cup represents you, this cup represents me and we want to receive Everything that God has for us. We want to receive in our lives, want to receive the blessings of God and the joy of God and all of these things in our lives. And God is pouring it out. I'll make sure I hit this trash can. God is pouring it out, but many of us are sitting over here. And, it, and we're like, God, I want to receive. God, I'm ready to receive. In 20, like, 2024 is my year. Can I, like, I want to receive. I want to receive restoration in my marriage. I want to receive that child coming back to know you. I want to receive all of these things in my life. Some of you guys are like, is he not looking? Is, is he going to keep hitting the trash can? <laughs> and, here's, and here's what we need to do. This is, this is where I'm taking us in this series is we need to get in alignment with what God is pouring out so that we can actually receive what he's pouring out and stop sitting over here expecting God, I... God, I want everything that you have for me. I want everything that you have for me. I want everything that you have for me. And God's like, well, then get in the flow. Get in the flow of where I'm pouring it out and stop sitting on the sidelines and stop trying to do things your own way. Come on, somebody. And get in the flow, get in agreement with what I want you to receive in your life. And so God has things that he's pouring out. And just because we're not in alignment and we're not in agreement and we're not positioning ourselves to receive those things doesn't mean that God isn't pouring it out, that God doesn't have it for you. We just have to get in alignment, get in agreement with what it is, get in position to receive what God wants to give us. And so today as we kick off the series, I want to talk to you uh, on this subject. I've titled the message, Stepping Toward joy 
stepping toward joy. Now, how many of you would say, do you believe that God, do you believe that God wants you to have joy in your life? Do, do you really believe? Let me ask that again. Do you really believe? See, the first time you ask something like the super spiritual people answer, and then the next time you ask it, then everybody kind of, you know, joins in. Do you, do you believe? <laughs> do you believe that God wants you to have joy in your life? He does. And I want to try to prove that to you today, and then I want to give you some steps of how you can step into agreement. And I'm telling you, this is so practical, but when I, when I was studying this, and when I was reading these things, and when I was putting this all together, it almost felt too simple to preach. But I think that many of us are not experiencing and not receiving the joy of the Lord in our lives. Because we're not in agreement in some areas. We're not in alignment in some areas. There are some things that we're doing or not doing that are actually keeping us from experiencing joy in our lives. And even though you believe that God wants you to have joy, how many of you believe that God wants you to have joy but you still struggle with it? You still struggle with experiencing it. One day, you ever wake up one day and you feel like you get, I've got the joy, 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 joy down it. Come on, anybody remember that song when you are in kid's church growing up as a kid? It's like you got the joy of the Lord in your heart. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, I don't know where any of that went. I don't have a clue. I, I want to try to help you with that. And, and this is, these are some things that you're going to have to, you're going to, have to do. You're going to have to come into agreement with. I think every day you're going to have to wake up and you're going to have to be intentional to, in order to come into agreement to receive this. But before we get to those things, uh, I just want to read you a few verses and kind of uh, lay a foundation and prove to you the fact that I think that God wants us to have joy, not just today, not just in January, but all year long, every day of your life. God wants you to have joy in your life. In Nehemiah, so many of you are familiar with the story of Nehemiah, the people are working, they're rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem, they're trying to, to, to restore order and be protected again and, and bring the people back together. And as Nehemiah is addressing the people, he makes this statement at the end of, of verse 10 in chapter 8. And you're going to be familiar with this. He says this. He says, this is a sacred day before our God or before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is a sacred day. The word sacred means holy or set apart. So he says, this is a holy and set apart day for our Lord. And so don't be dejected and don't be sad because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, but when you woke up today, this is a sacred day. When you wake up tomorrow, it's a sacred day. It's a holy day. It's a set-apart day for you to serve God with everything inside of you, every part of your being. It's a holy day. It's a sacred day. And, and, and God wants us to recognize, listen, the joy of the Lord, the joy that comes from Him is our strength he wants us to have this joy paul said this when he wrote to the philippians in philippians 4 4 he says always be full of joy in the lord i say it again rejoice and the word rejoice is a word that means to delight in god's grace or to experience it listen to me and be glad for it so paul is saying Always be full of joy. Always be full of this awareness of God's grace. Experience it. You're, you're, you're experiencing God's grace. Be glad for it. Rejoice. 
have joy in your heart. So why would Paul say to rejoice and always be full of joy? It's because true happiness can actually be experienced in every situation when we recognize that God is always working. If we could ever get the perspective and the mindset to know that God is always working. My situation looks crummy right now, but God is always working. That family member is really, really far from God right now, but God is always working. My marriage has felt like it's falling apart, and I'm believing that God's going to restore it in 2024, but it may not look good right now, but God is always working. He's always working. How can you be full of joy always? It's recognizing God is always working. My situation does not determine whether or not God's working. God is always working. Paul also uses the same word when he said this, 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5.16. Always be joyful. Joyful, rejoice, same Greek word. Always have this awareness of God's grace in your life. God, God wants us to have joy. He wants us to experience his joy. And I, I wrote it down. Um, I wrote it down this way, that God does not desire for his children to be down and depressed and cynical as they serve him. That's not God's desire for your life. God's desire for your life is not for you to be down all the time as you serve him. Like, oh God, I'm in your will, but, oh, you know, like, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. God desires for his joy to be our strength and be an example and a light for others. What would it look like for you to have joy in your life all of 2024? And every time you go to work and every time you're around your spouse and every time you're around your kids and every time you're around your extended family and every time you gather with people and every time you're walking in the grocery store or wherever you are, that people would experience this joy overflowing out of you because the joy of the Lord is in you and it is your strength. Jesus said this about joy. This is in John 15. He said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Well, he says, I have told you these things so you'll be filled with my joy. Well, what things had he just told them? Wouldn't you think it's important to know? I have told you these things so that, now Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. This is before he goes to the cross. And he's telling them some things. And right before this is one of the most famous passages and verses and texts in all of Scripture in John 15. Where Jesus says things like, I am the vine. And you are the branches. And apart from, if you're connected to me, I can work through you. But apart from me, you separate yourself from me and you can actually do nothing. So what are the things that he says, I've told you these things so you'll be full of joy. I put it down this way. What did he tell them? He's saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He says, Connect, stay connected to me all the time. Stay connected to me all the time. How do you experience joy? How do you realize this joy in your life? How do you, how do you become aware that God wants you to have this joy in your life? You stay connected to him all the time. I'm connected to him not just at the beginning of the year, not just in 21 days of prayer and fasting, but I'm connected to him all the time. God wants joy to overflow from within us. Now, I'm, how many Cowboys fans do we have at church today? Come on, ra raise your hand proud. Come on. Everybody, everybody, that way everybody who's not a Cowboys fan gets upset with you, and they decide after today if they want to continue to come to this church. <laughs> 
So the Cowboys are in the playoffs, and everybody's excited about it, and, and they haven't lost a game at home, and they get at least, the, you know, if they win, they get at least the next week at home, and things could work out to where they could actually get all three playoff games at home and make it to the Super Bowl, and everybody is excited. Everybody is overjoyed. Everybody, like, I'll say everybody, all the Cowboys fans are excited. All the people that don't like the Cowboys are like, yeah, okay, we'll see what happens today. Listen, God doesn't want, <laughs> God doesn't want a football game or a meal that we ate or anything else to be where we find the most joy. Some of us have been more excited, listen to me, I love you. Some of us have been more excited about the Cowboys making the playoffs and getting the number two seed than we have about what God wants for our lives this year. And we are trying to tap into that to experience joy. And you can get some joy out of that. But it's always temporary. You can get some excitement out of that. But it's always temporary. You can, you can get, like we, we get, come on, this is, this is America. We get excited. At, like when we eat a good meal, we fix a good steak. We're, you know, we're like, mm. <laughs> Got joy in my life right now because this was a good meal come on brisket mm. some of you are like pastor we're about to start a week of fasting some kind of food can we stop <laughs> we get excited about these things we get joyful about these things listen god did not desire for that to be where you find all of your joy and then when you don't get that it takes away all of your joy all the other joy is counterfeit it's temporary only joy found in god his joy is what sustains us. Some of us, some of us are even cranky on this fast because our joy was found in the things that we were giving up. And when we decided to give them up and we recognized how hard it was, we got, come on, anybody ever got hangry before? Like, you, you, just, you just got off meat for 21 days and because you're eating fruits and vegetables, you're like, I may hurt somebody <laughs> right now. Like, we have, to, we have to recognize where true joy comes from and lean into God for it. We've got to recognize it and make the shift. And many times, I think we don't necessarily seek the joy of the Lord. We seek a lot of times what God can do for us. And God wants to give us joy. Joy that we can experience even when we don't see God doing anything right now. We can trust he's still working, and so I have joy. Even when I'm still believing that that family member is going to come back to Christ, I can still have joy right now because I know that God's working and I'm aware that he's working. I don't have to see his hand right now to experience joy. I can experience it in every situation. God's desire is that joy would overflow out of our lives. And so to the best of my ability, I just want to give you three things really quickly or steps, practices, whatever you want to call them, that I believe will help you receive and experience the joy of the lord in your life i think this is this is how we're going to come into agreement just some practical steps to take if you want to experience joy regularly in your life here's here's number one make a decision make a decision how can i pastor how can i experience the joy of the lord in my life i'm going to make a decision what do you mean by make a decision well when we're talking about joy we have to recognize that it is not about a feeling joy is not a feeling it's not about a feeling 
It's about a decision. I think sometimes we don't experience the joy of the Lord because we're waiting on our circumstances to cause us to feel joyful. And the joy of the Lord is my strength, but I'm not experiencing the joy of the Lord in my life because I am more focused on my circumstances and waiting for my circumstances or waiting for my spouse or waiting for my kids or waiting for that person to do the right thing that will make me feel joyful. And joy is not about how you feel. In fact, you can have joy even when you don't feel good. You can have the joy of the Lord even when you don't feel like God is doing anything. Even when you don't feel like your prayers are getting above the ceiling. Even when you don't feel it, you can still have the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is what God wants to overflow out of our lives. We say things like, well, if this happens, then I'll. If this happens, then I'll. And that's not where, that's not where God's joy comes from. It's not a circumstantial Joy, And here's what joy is according to the Bible. Don't miss this. It's the awareness of God's grace, favor, and joy. This is what joy is in the scripture. This is why Paul can say, always be full of joy. What is he saying? He says, always be aware. You can have, where does joy come from? It's an awareness of God's grace. It's an awareness of the joy that comes from him. It's an awareness of God's favor in my life it's an awareness that he's always working we could say it this way we have to make a decision every day that we're going to live aware of God's grace favor and joy when I think about somebody in the Bible who got this I think that David was somebody who got this and he's he's thanking the Lord if you read through the Psalms some of those Psalms are he's thanking the Lord and he's declaring things about the Lord and in one Psalm in Psalm 118 look at what he says as he's thanking God he says this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. David did not say he had an awareness of who God was and God's grace and God's favor in his life. And David said, this is the day the Lord has made. I didn't make this day. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make it daylight outside. Like This is a day the Lord has made. And earlier what I was talking about, like every day is it's a holy day. It's a, it's a sacred day to serve God. It's an opportunity to spread the love of Jesus and to serve God by serving people. Every single day. He says, this is the day the Lord has made, and we will. Somebody say, will. Not, not we will. Here, here's what I love about this verse. Listen. There are no disclaimers on this verse. There is no, if this happens, then we will rejoice. There is no, if the circumstances are right, we will rejoice. He just says, no, I woke up today and I thought, this is the day the Lord has made. So I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made, so check this out. So I've made a decision that regardless of how I feel, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Regardless of what I see, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Because we have to make a decision and stop waiting on circumstances to line up with other things so that we can feel happy, so that we can have joy. No, you can have joy 
all the time. What was David saying? He says, I'm aware of God's grace. I'm aware of God's favor. I'm aware of the joy that comes from him. And I choose to be joyful and I choose to take pleasure in this day. No contingencies, no disclaimers, no fine print. I choose to rejoice and be glad in this day. It's just a decision. It's a decision. We even talk about this in Next Steps. If you've been through Next Steps, one of our values as a church is this. We choose joy. What, what is a part of what we're trying to, like, we choose joy. It's about making a decision. I may not feel it, but I'm going to choose to be joyful. I may not feel it, but I'm aware I'm aware. I may not feel joy inside of me. I may not feel happy today. There might be a lot of stuff going wrong in my life right now. But I've made a decision to live aware of God's grace, aware of God's favor, aware of God's joy. And when I'm aware that God is working, when I'm aware that he, he sustains me, when I'm aware that his grace is working in my life, then I can have joy in every situation. So I want to encourage you to take time to stop and reflect on Jesus during the fast. Don't just blow by the next 14 days, but take time every day to stop and reflect. Reflect. What is it, what is it that God's doing in my life today? I want to be aware. I want to be aware of what he's doing, aware of his grace, aware of his favor in my life. I think that when our joy is based on external circumstances, we're out of alignment. But when our joy is based on an awareness of God's grace and God's favor and the joy that comes from him, no matter the circumstance, then we get in alignment. We get in agreement with what he wants us to receive, which is the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. He wants us to have joy. So how do we receive it? How do we experience it in our lives? I think the first thing is we make a decision. Here's the second thing, very practical. If you want to experience joy in your life, I think one way we get into agreement with it is we have to live to give. Live to give. You're going to make a decision. I've made a decision. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, and I'm going to live my life to give. And when I say live to give, I'm not just talking about financially. I do think that is a part of it, but that's not everything I'm talking about. I'm talking about living to give in every area of your life. That your life is about giving. That you're looking for ways to give. When you give to someone else in need to bring them joy, there's something that happens inside of you. And the joy of the Lord is stirred inside of you because you brought joy to somebody else in what you did for them. When you give to bring joy to others, it stirs joy inside of you. If you desire something in your own life, listen to me, give it to others in order to receive it yourself. If you're really desiring joy in your life, I would challenge you to look for ways to bring joy to other people and watch what God does inside of you. As you give it away, as you give it away, you live to give and then watch what God does inside of you. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 6 verse 38. He said, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, I'm not telling you that this is your motivation. Because I think sometimes we get messed up in that and we're like, well, why are you doing that? Because I want something back. 
well, why are you giving that? Because I want something back. But I think it's a biblical principle that as you give, you receive. And as you give, you receive. And the measure that you give is the measure that is given back to you. And I just want to challenge you this week, every single person, to do at least one thing for someone else that makes their life better every day. What would it look like for the next seven days for you to be intentional to do something for somebody else every single day that makes their life better? Not necessarily your life better, but it makes their life better. How can you do something for somebody else? Give of your time by serving. I mean, there are many people even today that are doing that. And they're making, come on, they've got your kids back there and they're making your life better. People greeting at the doors. It's 11 degrees outside. Hey, welcome to church. Welcome to church. Smile on their face. Just so glad you're here. It's the way that they're giving. It's the way that they're giving. Live to give. Give of your resources by blessing someone else. Or give of your talent by using it for God. Or just some, some give a compliment to someone. Every day for the next seven days, I'm going to compliment somebody. I'm going to make their life better. I'm going to give it. I'm going to... Make it your goal. What would it look like for you to make it your goal? To, it's like, I'm going to pick one person out every day. I'm going to make them smile. Come on, you got that one person you work with in mind right now that you're like, whoo, if I can make them smile. And I'm going to make it my goal this week. I'm going to make them smile. I'm going I'm I'm to have them experience the joy of the Lord through me. I'm going to give something away. I'm going to give them a compliment. Give, give something away to someone. Give something away to someone. Think about, go home today and be like, what can I, what, who have I heard that needs something or, or is in need of, of this thing or that thing? And do I, like, how can I give something away to someone? Live to give. Take time to listen to somebody. Open the door for somebody. Let someone go ahead of you in the line. Did you know that those are all ways that you give? You're in, you're in the grocery store, and you've got a buggy full of things. We've had people do this for us, and, and I'll run in there, and I've got like, like if I'm running in there, it's usually for like two things, and I don't even get a buggy. And so I go in there, and I grab the two things, and I go get in line, and people will be like, oh, you only got two things. Like, go ahead and go ahead, and I'll be like, well, I just feel the joy right now. <laughs> don't have to wait in line <laughs> while you scan all those. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a practical thing, and I know it's kind of funny, but it's a way that we give. It's a way that we give, like, that my life is about giving. It's about giving. What do you mean my life is about giving? Like, I just let people go first. I just open the door and I let them go first. I get, like, I compliment people all the time. I'm just, I'm just giving it away, just giving away compliments, giving away things, giving away blessings, giving away my place in life. Like, I'm living to give. I'm living to give. And I think living to give is a way that we experience, come on, in return, we experience the joy of the Lord. Because we're living, I'm not living to consume. I'm not living to get. I'm not living for what's mine. I'm not living for like, ah, I've got to hold everything. You know, like somebody told me one time, and it's such a great example that like we hold on to things so tightly. And here's the thing, nothing may be able to get out of your hands this way, but nothing can get in there either. And whatever God wants to give you, you can't get it like this. But when you're just living to give, living to give. And joy comes into your life, and blessing comes into your life, and God's like, man, I, 
I'm going to funnel this through you. I'm going to do this through you. There's joy that comes when we live to give. What would it look like if you began to ask yourself this question every day? What can I do to give to someone else today? What can I do to give to someone else today? Find a way every day to make someone else's life better and watch your joy increase. And I think when we live our lives trying to get or trying to acquire or gain or become or consume, we're out of alignment and we wonder why we're not experiencing the joy of the Lord in our lives. It's because we've become selfish. And we experience, I think we get in alignment and we get in agreement whenever we live to give to others. We live to make others' lives better. Live to give. And then here's the last thing. So important. Please God, not people. Some of you, myself included, it's easy to fall into this trap, isn't it? That we are living our lives based on what other people are thinking about us or what we think they might want from us or what we think is going to please them or keep them around. And it's a joy stealer. It's stealing your joy. You ever lived your life to please the people in your life? And you did, you did certain things because you thought it's what they wanted? Or you gave up certain things because you were trying to make them happy? You rejected certain people in your life because you were trying to please other people? You acted certain ways because you were trying to impress the right people to get the right thing that you thought you wanted? And it's easy to fall into this trap. And listen, it is a trap. It is a trap. Living, we cannot live our lives to try to please everybody around us. But we can live our lives to try to please God and be obedient to what God wants us to do. And here's, here's the cool thing about living to please God. God is never going to lead you to do anything that's going to hurt somebody else. So we're living to try to please all the people around us and make sure we keep, like, if I got to keep friends and I got to keep this person, I don't want them to be mad at me and maybe they like it this way and I don't know if like, nah, you know, we're like all over the place trying to please everybody in our lives and it's wearing us out and it's stealing our joy. And when we just get in alignment, we're like, God, I'm living to please you. And God's like, go, go talk to that person. Go bless that person. Look at these people that I'm bringing into your life right now to surround you with. Here's, here's the place that you need to go. Here's the direction I want you to go. Here's the thing that you need to do. Like, we're living to obey and to please God, not people. Because living to please people, it steals our joy. And I think, I even wrote it down this way, that some of us have not had joy in a long time. And it's simply because we're always trying to please people more than please God. And it's stealing your joy. You do something that you thought would impress someone else only to find out that they still don't notice you anyway. And it stole your joy all along the way. You give in physically to a person in a relationship because it's what they want, but it leaves you empty. And once they've gotten it from you, they move on to the next relationship and it stole your joy. Is that too real? And you're like, man, I don't, I thought that would turn out differently. I thought if I tried to please them and, and gave them what they want and 
It didn't turn out any way that I thought it would. You make a decision based on what you think someone else is going to think about it. And the consequences of that decision affect you negatively and the other person is nowhere to be found. And you were just trying to please people. And God says, will you, like, will you, leave, will you live to please me? Trying to be a people pleaser in our lives is an absolute joy stealer. So can I say, can I say this lovingly? Can I, look at me. Stop it. Stop it. What if in 2024 you live to please God? You said, I know he wants, like I'm going to have joy in my life. I'm going to live to please God. Are, like, are you going to have people upset with you because you live to please God? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But what would it look like for you to live to please God and not people? Our first priority should be pleasing God, to please God with our actions, to please God with our decisions, to please God with our words, to please God with how we live. Look at what Paul said when he was praying for the Colossian believers. He said it this way, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. And look at this. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart. Bring the worship team back. Our purpose is to please God. Not people. Don't you just love the wording of that? Our purpose. Paul says, here's what our purpose is. It's not, to, it's not to please people, but it's to do what God's told us to do. And to be a God pleaser. I was thinking about this, you know. Talking about our purpose being to please God and not people. And thinking about people in our lives, you know, our spouse and our kids and friends and co-workers and <laughs> I was thinking in my mind I thought man your peers are a people the people that like that you're around at work they're a people and God says what would it look like for you to get up tomorrow and make the decision I'm gonna please God today I'm gonna please God today and I'm gonna do what he tells me to do and I'm not gonna live to please people and listen here's here's even the reality as I was preparing this and writing this message I felt like the Lord dropped this in my heart and maybe you've already been there, and maybe you haven't been there. And if you haven't been here, then you'll probably be here at some point in the future. I've had people get upset with me. Well, maybe it needs to be done this way. Maybe we need to do this. Maybe we need to do this. And can I just, can I just lovingly tell you what you need, to, you need to live this way as well? Like, my responsibility is to please God and not people. Please God and not people. Listen pleasing people trying to please people i'm not telling you listen to me listen to me i'm not telling you to be mean this isn't a go to work and somebody says something you're like shut up in jesus name i'm not here to please you i'm here to please god god is not going to lead you to be mean to people but man if you want to experience the joy of the lord in your life you start, you start to live to please God and watch what happens.
You can have joy in every situation. When somebody gets mad at you, when somebody's frustrated about you, and you're just like, man, I'm just doing the best that I know how right now to please God in my life and live for Him, and I'm going to keep doing that. Galatians 1.10 says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. And look at this. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Which implies to me that you cannot be a servant of God and simultaneously be consumed by pleasing everyone else in your life. You cannot be a servant of God and at the same time be so consumed with what everybody's thinking about you as you serve God. Do you need to live by the Bible? Oh, absolutely. Is God's word the standard? Absolutely. But I, I think it's a, it's a perspective, it's a mental shift. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on myself, and the reason, the reason this, is, this hits home so much with me is because this is a struggle for me. What are they going to think? If I, check this out, this just hit me. What if, what if this week, You've made the decision, it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast lunch every single day and I'm going to pray. And you have a coworker that asks you to, well, let's go to lunch. Let's go to lunch. And you go, what are you going to do in that moment? Are you going to live, listen, so practical, so simple. Are you going to live to please God or to be obedient to God in that moment? Or are you going to be worried about what they're going to think? What do you mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. Have you, you ever had a moment where you had to tell somebody, and I know the Bible talks about like, don't like comb your hair and, and you know, like wash your face. and go, Like don't let people know that you're fasting. Like don't, <laughs> don't be walking around like, what's wrong with you? Fasting. <laughs> oh, you look like you're really going through it. I'm fasting. Just getting spiritual, you know, beginning of 2024. Like, don't do that. But you ever had to have a conversation with somebody and they were like, why are you not eating? Why are you not eating? Like, we're sitting here in this group. Why are you not eating? Like, hey, why are you not eating vegetables? Don't you want any of that? And you're like, what are you doing that moment? What if, what if even in that moment, it's God opening a door? Just This happened to me yesterday. Just, well, why are you doing that? God's like, go ahead and tell him. I'm fasting, fasting, what is that? Fasting, well, I'm thinking about it. And while we're doing it. But there's a temptation in that moment to give in to what people might think about you if they don't understand fasting the way that you understand fasting and they don't completely get why you're doing that. But maybe, maybe, maybe God says, oh no, this is an opportunity for this opportunity to live for me in this moment. And just opening the door just a little bit. You don't know what God may do. 
just a little bit and we step into that moment. I'm not, not going to be ashamed of what God's called me to do in this moment. I'm going to share it. What could God do in that person's life? Through your obedience. Listen, don't be, you don't, you don't have to be mean to anybody. man, what would it look like that if, if God, in, in these 21 days, if God got you to this point where I'm no longer consumed by fear of what people will think about me as I follow Jesus. Because ultimately, I'm not living to please them. I'm living to please God. And as I live to please God, I'm believing, check this out, that God's going to open a door with them that I can step into because of my obedience and my determination to please God with my life. And I might get made fun of for the next three years, but what if the day comes three years from now when that person comes to you and they wanna know what you have? Something happens in their life and they come to you because you were always the person that you had had made the decision. Today's the day. The Lord has made. And I will, I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I've lived my life to give. I'm, I let other people go first. I, I, I opened the door for them. Like when I heard that they were in need, I I went and bought it. And I, and I put it on their doorstep and they don't even know. But it's what God let me do. And in all of it, I'm not, I'm not going to be consumed by fear of what people are going to think about me as I follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to live to please God. And if God says to do it, it might look crazy to you. But God said do it. And I'm not living to please you, I'm living to please God. And as I live to please God, then God's going to open doors. I believe even, I believe even this year God's going to open doors in people's lives that, that you've been living to please. And you, you ever lived to please somebody and you never could? wearing yourself out because you keep trying and trying and trying and trying and you just can't like what if you live to please God and God opened the door and he changed their life through your life when they saw you making the decision every day it's like man you just I know what's going on in your life yeah this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it man you're just always like when do you ever, like, how do you, how do you keep just giving? It's like, you, like every area of your life, you just give, you just give. Like you're always giving compliments and you're giving kind words and you're, you're letting people go first. And like you're just giving. And God can use that not to, not to help his joy overflow in your life. Not only that, I believe that will happen. 
but he'll also open doors. He'll open doors. Will you stand today? the prayer team to come down. And I just want to, I want to ask you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Just ask, ask the Holy Spirit right now. Just a simple question. Come on, we've asked this before. Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? What are you speaking to me right now? pray for you. And here in just a moment when the worship team begins to sing this last song, if you need prayer for anything in your life, anything in your life, coming for prayer doesn't mean you're a bad person. We all need prayer. From time to time, come on, we're all going to need prayer for things in our lives. And you have something you need prayer for, and you want somebody to agree with you and pray for you, then we invite you to come down in just a moment and sit by your seat and come receive prayer today. Lord, we thank you that you want us to experience and receive your joy in our lives. A joy that in any circumstance that we face, we may not be able to explain it, but we have the joy of the Lord because we live to give and we live to please you. And we've just made the decision every day that this is the day that you've made. And regardless of what I see, and regardless of what's happening around me, I will rejoice and be glad in it. So Lord, I pray that you would help your joy to rise up in our hearts and in our lives. That it would overflow, as, as Jesus said, that, that joy inside of us would overflow out of us. That it would overflow onto other people. And God, that through that, you would open doors. That you would open doors of opportunity, open doors of conversations, open doors that may have otherwise never been opened. But as we get in agreement, as we get in alignment with what you're doing in our lives, God, you're going to open those doors, and I pray that we would walk through them. And Holy Spirit, I pray that if there's anybody here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, that you would draw them for prayer in Jesus' name. A brand new series, I told you about this last week, our word for the year is receive, and so we're going to be in this series for the next few weeks that we're calling Agree to Receive, and we talked about this a little bit last week toward the end of the message, uh, but what I want to do is I want to try to help us come into agreement with some things that I believe that God wants to give you, that God wants you to receive, that he's already provided for you, if you will, and what it looks like to come into alignment or come into agreement with those things. It's going to be very practical. Uh, it's, but I also think it's going to be very helpful, and I think these are some things we need to lean into, and our theme verse for this series, and what was interesting to me, I was reading the, if you're on the Bible app, Devotional with the Church, uh, the verse that was a part of today's reading is actually this verse, which I thought was really cool. It's 2 Peter 1.3, we looked at it last week, let's look at it again. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Now, I want to give you a picture uh, of kind of what this series is all about, if I can do this. Um, and, and hopefully this will be something that you will not forget and you'll see, even as we go through the rest of this year, 
with, uh, with what we're talking about when I say agree to receive. So in this example, we're going to say that this cup represents you, this cup represents me, and this bottle of water is God. And God is pouring out things that he wants us to receive, things that Jesus died to be able to give us. And many of us, and you're, right now you're looking like, how long is he going to be able to keep getting that right over that trash can and not get it on the floor? Many of us are over here on the side asking God for all of these. Like, God, I want to receive from you. God, I want to receive this from you. God, I want to receive from you. God, I want to receive from you. And what I believe that God is calling us to is to get in agreement. Come on, it's God, just because you're not experiencing doesn't mean that God's not pouring it out. Doesn't mean that God doesn't have it for you. Sometimes we just have to get in alignment. We have to get in agreement with what God is doing so that we can receive what God wants us to receive. Are you with me? Some of us are over to the side, and, and, and we're believing God for things, and we want to receive everything, but God's call for you today is he's saying, get in the flow. Get in the flow. I've, I've already provided everything that you need. I've already given it all, like Jesus has accomplished all of it, and these are things that I want you to receive in your life, but you just got to come into agreement with what God is doing, and sometimes we're off here. Come on, you ever been off by yourself just doing your own thing? Just trying to do your own thing, and while you're doing your own thing, you're believing that God's going to do something in your life or do something significant or, or meet a need or whatever. And sometimes God is, is just saying, hey, just get in agreement. Get in alignment. Get in the flow. Like, it's already, it's already been paid for. It's already been provided for you. Let's agree to receive it. And so today, as we kick off this series, I, I've titled this message, Stepping Toward Joy. Can I talk to you about joy today? I've had, I've had joy on my heart for like the last month and a half, even as we were in the Christmas season, if you remember, I mentioned joy a lot during the Christmas season, just people restoring, oh, I missed it, <laughs> just people, people like needing to have their joy restored, and I was even praying for you during the Christmas holiday season that, that God would restore joy in you. That there are many people that it, it, like they're struggling to experience the joy of the Lord in their life. And God wants you, come on, do you believe, listen to me, do you believe that God wants you to have joy? Let me ask you again. <laughs> Round two. Do you believe that God wants you to have joy in your life? God wants you to have joy. Joy that can only come from him. This is this is something that he wants you to receive in your life and live with and for it to overflow out of you. But even though we believe it, how many of you believe that God wants you to have joy, but you still struggle with it? Like you believe that God, this is what God wants for me to have and he wants me to live my life this way with the joy of the Lord inside of me, but I still struggle with it. I still, I still don't experience it all the time. And I want to, before we get into a few practical things that I want to talk to you about, how we can, I think, some steps toward experiencing the joy of the Lord in our lives and how we can uh, get in alignment or get in agreement. I just want to look at a few verses. Uh, one of them is in Nehemiah that talks about joy. Uh, the people have been working to rebuild this wall, if you know the story of Nehemiah, and, and they're bringing protection, they're bringing order, all this. Nehemiah has gone there, he's gathered the people, they're building the wall. And then at the end of verse 10 in chapter 8, this is a statement that Nehemiah makes. He says, this is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be dejected. This is a sacred day. Now, we know the word sacred, it means set apart, it's holy, it's, 
it's a, it's a special day. Come on, how many of you know that when you woke up today, this is a sacred day to serve God? And when you wake up tomorrow, it's a sacred day to serve God. And when you wake up on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and you wake up and you come back here next Sunday, it's a sacred day to serve God. So can I just say to you the same thing that, that Nehemiah said to the people? He said, don't be, don't be dejected, don't be sad. Come on, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's strength in experiencing the joy of the Lord inside of you. Paul said this when he wrote to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And the word rejoice is a word that means to delight in God's grace. So always be full of joy. Always be joyful. Rejoice to experience it and be glad for it. This is what it means to rejoice. When Paul says rejoice, he's saying recognize God's grace in your life and be glad for it. Did you know you can do that in every situation that you face? In everything you face, you can recognize God's grace in your life and you can be glad for it and you can rejoice. Delight in God's grace. Experience it. Be glad for it. Why would Paul say to rejoice and always be full of joy? It's because true happiness can actually be experienced in every situation when we recognize that God is working. God is working. God, this situation is really difficult right now, but I recognize that God is working, so I have joy. I recognize that God, my, my marriage is really struggling right now, but I recognize that God is always working. God is always working, and because God is always working, I can have joy. I can recognize because my hope is not in me. It's not in me figuring this out. It's not in me making it better. It's in me being obedient to God. And because I know he's working in every situation, even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, I know that he's working. And because he's working, I can have joy. Paul, he uses this same word when he said this in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. He says, always be joyful. Always be joyful. Listen, God does not desire for his children to be down. God does not desire for his children to be depressed or to be cynical as they serve him. That's not God's desire for your life. If you've been experiencing that, I'm sorry you've been experiencing that, but man, I'm telling you, God wants you, God wants to replace that with his joy. God wants to take that from you and replace that with his joy. He wants you to have his joy. God's desire for his God desires for his joy to be our strength and be an example and a light for others. Jesus said it this way. Uh, he said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. When we talk about joy of the Lord being an example for other people around us, Jesus said, I want, I want joy to flow out of you, that your joy would be overflowing. Well, right now my situation, yeah, but I want my joy to be overflowing out of you. Well, how is that possible when I really feel depressed right now? I want my joy to be flowing out of you. And Jesus said, I have told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Well, what, wouldn't you think it's important to know what things he just said? I've told you these things so that my joy will be. And Jesus has been talking about, he's preparing his disciples. This is a conversation before he goes to the cross. And he's talking about some really important things. And right before this is a very, very famous passage of scripture. Just a few verses that talk about things like, come on, you heard this? I am the vine. That's right before this. Like immediately before this. You are the branches. 
stay connected to me. Stay connected to me. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. But with me, oh, we can do a lot. Because my power is working through you. And he says, and I want my joy. I've told you all these things because I want my joy to be in you. And I want joy to be flowing out of you, overflowing out of you. Now, do we have any, any Cowboys fans in the room today? Anybody excited about the Cowboys making the playoffs? Come on, number two seed. Uh, I was thinking about this. I thought, man, uh, all we need is San Francisco to lose, and then the Cowboys can get all three games at home and uh, make it to the Super Bowl. They have not lost a game at home all year, and come on, in Jesus' name, they're not going to start now. <laughs> in fact, maybe we should have prayed for that. We should have prayed for that just a minute ago. But here's, here's, the, here's the thing. God wants joy to overflow from within us. God doesn't want... Listen to me. God doesn't want a football game or a meal, really good meal. Come on, we're Americans. We like really, come on, everybody cooked a really good steak. And boy, you were like, mm. everybody was excited about it. There was joy. Like, well, I got the joy, joy, joy. Come on, anybody remember that song? You were growing up in kid church as a kid. Got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. We get excited about football games. And we get excited about our team. And we get excited about eating a really good meal, and we get it, and some of you are like, stop talking about that right now because we're about to start fasting forms of food. But God does not want, listen, God does not want those things to be where you find the most joy, and then when it comes to serving God and the things that God asks you to do, it's kind of like, oh. Go Cowboys! Oh. God wants, the, God wants your joy to be found in him, to be overflowing with his joy. And here's the reality. Any other type of joy is only temporary anyway. Even if, listen to me, even if the Cowboys win the next four games and they win the Super Bowl, that excitement will only last temporarily. <laughs> it only lasts for a season. It only lasts for a period. Like, eventually it wears off. And you find yourself, because you're looking for joy and excitement in things that cannot provide it all the time and cannot sustain you. And God's desire is for you and I to live our lives full of the joy of the Lord, that it overflows out of us onto everybody around us. And people are like, how can you be so joyful in everything that you're walking through right now? I just have an awareness of God's grace and God's favor and God's joy in my life, so it doesn't matter. Even in this situation, I still am aware of who God is. See, we're looking to our situation to determine whether or not we're going to be joyful. And God says, no, you can be joyful. You can have joy, and it can overflow out of you because joy is not a feeling. Joy is something that is found in an awareness of who God is in your life, his grace, his favor in your life. Some of us, I was thinking about this this last week, in the first week of the fast, and some of us are cranky during the fast. Come on, did you get cranky this last week? Anybody get cranky? Day three, day four, and you're like, what are we? You started looking at the calendar, you're like, oh my gosh, 17 more days. <laughs> you start getting cranky. You know why? It, for me, can I just tell me, you know why I start getting cranky? It's because I'm recognizing that a lot of my joy 
was in the things that I'm giving up. I enjoyed watching that show. I enjoyed eating that. I enjoyed caffeine. Come on. And in our lives, that when, when things are taken away, it reveals like where our faith is and what our joy is actually coming from. If, if everything, listen, I'm not saying God's going to do this, but I'm, I'm just going to ask you this question. If everything in your life was removed right now, could you have joy? Could you have joy? Is it enough that God's grace and God's favor and God's joy and all of this that he wants to give you? Like, that you are aware of that even in the midst of everything that's going on, even in the midst of every difficulty in your life, you can still have joy. And God wants you to have joy. Come on, it's okay to enjoy serving God. It is okay to enjoy serving. In fact, God prefers it. <laughs> he prefers that you enjoy serving Him. That you enjoy what he asks you to do. And when you do it, come on, even though it might be a difficult thing, it's like, whoo, this is really hard. But I know that God, I'm aware of God's grace and I'm aware of God's favor in my life. And many times I think we don't seek the joy of the Lord. We seek what God can do for us. And we really can experience the joy of the Lord in every situation, even when we can't see what God's doing because we know that God's working. And our focus is on him, not the situation. God's desires that joy would overflow out of us. And so, to the best of my ability, I'm going to go through three things really quickly. I call them practices or steps that I think, um, I believe, will help us receive and experience the joy of the Lord in our life. I think that the opposite of these things are actually joy killers. That when we're doing the opposite of this, we're not experiencing joy because we're not in alignment. We're not in agreement with, with where joy comes from. So here's uh, here's the first thing that I want to talk to you about, talking about receiving joy. Number one, make a decision. Make a decision. What do you mean by make a decision? Well, when we're talking about joy, we have to recognize joy is not a feeling. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is something you can have even when you don't feel it. Joy is The joy of the Lord is something you can have even when everything's falling apart. Because it's not based on what's happening in your life. I think that sometimes we don't experience the joy of the Lord because we're waiting on our circumstances to cause us to feel joyful. Have you ever been waiting on somebody to do something to cause you to feel joyful? You ever been waiting on a promotion to happen to cause you to feel joyful? Like I'm waiting on a certain situation. I'm waiting on a certain circumstance. I'm waiting on a certain person. I'm waiting on something to happen in my life and that's when I'll feel joyful. If I could ever get there, then I'll experience joy in my life. No, joy is not about a feeling. It's not about our circumstances. It's about a decision. And we'll say things like, well, if this happens, then I will. If this happens, then I will. And here's what joy is according to the Bible. We've already been talking about this, but just so you can see it, it's the awareness of God's grace, favor, and joy. It's an awareness, not a feeling, an awareness of God in your life. It's an awareness of who God is in your life. We could say it this way. We have to make a decision every day that we are going to live aware of God's grace, favor, and joy. David was somebody that I think of in the Bible who got this. I love one of the, as you read through the Psalms, there are a lot of the Psalms where David is thanking the Lord for things and let's praise the Lord and thanking the Lord. One of those is in Psalm 118. 
And look at what David says, very familiar uh, verse, 118, verse 24. David said this, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. That sounds like somebody who got this. It's a decision. It's like David said, it doesn't matter what's happening. This is a day the Lord has made. I didn't make this day. You didn't make this day. None of us caused anything to happen today. This is the day the Lord has made. And so what does David say? He says, so I will. We will rejoice. We have decided that this is the day the Lord has made, and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what happens today, I'm aware of God. No matter what happens today, I know that his grace is working in my life. No matter what happens today, I know that his favor is on me. No matter what happens today, my circumstances don't get to dictate whether or not I experience joy because my joy does not come from my circumstances. My joy comes from God who never changes and is the sustainer of it all. This is the day. Come on, some of us just need to say that every day this week. We need to get up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will Rejoice. I have made a decision to rejoice and be glad in it. One thing I love about this verse, not just David's awareness of, of God in this moment and making a decision, but there aren't any contingencies in this verse. It's not, this is the day the Lord has made, and if I get the promotion, I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made, and on January the 29th, when I can eat meat again, I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Come on. This is the day the Lord has made, and if this happens, I'll rejoice and be glad. He says, no, this is the day, and I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware of who God is. I'm aware of God's grace and his favor in my life, and I have joy. I'm going to rejoice today. I am going to be glad in this day because it's the day that he has made. We talk about this in Next Steps, if you've been through Next Steps. If you haven't, we have one coming up the first two Sundays in February where you can hear all about our vision and mission and get on a team and all of those different things. If you've been through that, then you know one of the things we talk about are there are four values, that things that we value as a church uh, when we're serving and when we're you know, doing these things. And one of those is that we choose joy. Why do we, cho- why do we say it that way? Because it's a choice. It's a, it's a choice. We choose to be joyful. Get behind me, Satan, in Jesus' name. We say it that way because it's a choice, it's not a feeling. That even when I don't feel it, I choose it. So we make a decision. And I want to encourage you, especially during this fast over the next couple of weeks, take time to stop and take time to reflect on Jesus during this fast. Become aware, just, just sit down tomorrow at some point and just, just tell the like, I want to be aware of you. I want to be aware of your grace. I want to be aware of what you're doing. I want to be aware that you're working. I want to be aware of you in my life, even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it. Like, help me to just know, to just know you and be aware of you. I think that when our joy is based on external circumstances, then we're out of alignment. And joy based on circumstances is a joy killer. If your circumstances have to line up a certain way for you to feel joy, you'll be up and down, just up and down. Just one day, come on, you ever felt like you had the joy of the Lord one day and you got up and you were singing and you were, you know, getting ready for work and you were excited and then the next day you got up and you're like, oh my goodness. Oh, I don't want to.
go today. I don't want to do this today, right? It's joy. That's not, that's not the joy of the Lord. It's not based on circumstances. It's based on a decision. Come on, make a decision to receive the joy of the Lord, to be joyful. Here's number two. I think the next step is live to give. Live to give. Come on, first step, I'm going to make a decision. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't care what happens to me. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Next step I'm going to take is today I'm going to live to give. I'm going to live to give. And every time we think about giving, we think about finances. But it's not just finances. I think that financially is, is a part of it. But that's not the majority of what we're talking about. When I say live to give, I'm talking about do you live for you or do you live to give your life away? Do you live to be a blessing to other people around you? When you give to someone else in need to bring them joy, it has a way of stirring joy in your heart. This is why, this is one of the reasons why we talk so much about serving and we have so many people on teams and serving together is because when you're doing something that's selfless and you're you're giving of your time and you're giving of your resource and you're giving of all these things like when you're living to give it stirs joy inside of you there's something that god does inside of you during that uh, when you give to bring joy to others it just stirs it inside of you um, if you desire something in your own life give it to others in order to receive it When you desire something in your own life, come on, I think this is a biblical principle that when, I, when I'm desiring something in my own life, I'm going to give it away. I'm going to do it for somebody else. And I'm not doing it in order to get something, and it's not my motivation, but when you do it for somebody else, it has a way of coming back to you. And Jesus said it this way. This is in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. He said, give and you will receive. Your gift will be given to you, to you in full Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. This is not a motivation to where it's like, whoo, I need to give so I can get. I need to give so I can get. It's a principle that when you, get, when you live your life to give, God has a way of getting things to you. When you live your life to give, in return you receive back what you're giving away. So if you need joy and you're believing, God, I want my joy to be restored in 2024, then start putting a smile on somebody else's face. Start looking for ways to spread joy to other people and make their life better. I want to challenge you, in fact, every, every day this week, every one of us, do at least one thing every day for someone that makes their life better. On Monday... What can you do to make somebody else's life better? What can you do to bring joy to somebody else's life every single day this week? Maybe it's giving of your time to serve somebody. Could be giving your resources to bless someone. Come on, you, you hear of a need and you go, have you ever done this before? Like, man, what would happen if, if everybody lived to give? It, it would just, I think it would blow our minds if everybody's living to give all the time. It's like, you hear of somebody needing something and they can't get it, and so you just go get it because you can afford it. And then you go put it on their doorstep and you run away. And they don't even know, they don't even know where it came from. And they open it up. And listen, you know, what, you know what happens? I'm not telling you that you can't, like, I'm not telling you that you can't walk up there and ring the doorbell and be like, hey, I just felt like I was supposed to give this to you. But man, there's something about God getting the glory. And when they, when they walk out or when they receive that from you, that it's like, look what God did. 
Look what God did. Because I'm living my life to give, look at what God did. Look what God did. Come on, we, we live to give. give. Give of your talent and use it, use it for God. Give a compliment to someone. Give a compliment. Maybe that's your goal for the next seven days is you're going to find somebody every day for the next seven days that you're going to compliment. And I'm going to make your life better. I'm going to compliment you. Give something away to somebody else. Take time to listen to somebody. Come on, somebody's walking through something. And it's like, you know what I can do right now that's going to make their life better? I can listen to what they're walking through. I can listen. I can pray for them. Open the door for somebody. When you're, when you're at the grocery store and you're buying your fruits and vegetables or whatever you're going to buy, when you're, when you're at the grocery store or something, and have you ever had this happen before? I, I, I love it when this happens, and I try to do this for other people too, but there'll be somebody that's got a buggy full of stuff. You know, and it's all piled in there, and they're in front of you, and you walk up there. And when I go into the store, if I'm going into the store, chances are it's like for two things. You know what I'm saying? And I walk in, I've got like the milk, and I've got the cheese, or I've got, you know, like whatever, and I walk up to the line, and the person in front of you says, oh, why don't you just go ahead and go in front of me since I've got all this stuff? And you're like, in Jesus' name. <laughs> I receive that blessing right now. What if you did that for people? What if you looked for opportunities to let people go first? Like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just living to give. Oh, you need my, you need my place in line? Just, oh, I can, I can wait five more minutes. I'm just li- like, look for something to do. Let someone go ahead of you. Come on, bring donuts to your coworkers on January 29th, not tomorrow. point is do do something look for ways to give give live to give your life away what can i do for somebody else to bring joy to their life and what would it look like if we all began to ask ourselves this question what can i do to give to someone else today every day if we got up and said what can i do today to give to somebody else what can i do today to give to somebody else When we live our lives to try to get or try to acquire, try to gain, to become something or to consume, I think we're placing ourselves out of alignment or out of agreement with what God wants to give us, what, what he wants us to receive, the joy that comes from giving, the joy that comes, like his joy that settles in our hearts and overflows out of us because we're choosing to live to give. But whenever we're, we're living and we're letting others go first, and we're blessing other people, and we're being obedient to the Holy Spirit, and we're letting people go in front of us in line, and we're just looking for ways to compliment somebody, and I just want to bring joy to your life today. In return, I think we receive joy. I think God does something inside of us that we can't even explain, but it works. We don't even comprehend how, but it works. It works. So how do we receive and experience joy in our lives? I think we live to give. And then here's the last thing. We'll wrap up with this. The last step, I think, is to please God, not people. Please God, not people. You ever live to please people in your life? Like you, you were living your life in this fearful state of of. What are they going to think and what are they going to do and what if I do this and what happens if they and what if and I don't want to lose them and, uh, and you're just like constantly living your life to please people. Can I tell you what happens? Steals your joy every single time. 
every time. You do certain things because you think that it's what they wanted. You give up certain things because you're trying to make them happy or you reject certain people in your life because you're trying to please other people in your life. Or you act certain ways because you're trying to impress the right people to get the right thing that you think you want or that you think you need. And you're living to please people and not living to please God. And here's the reality. It's easy to fall into this trap, and it is a trap. It's a trap every single time. Every time. It's like it feeds the monster. Well, that didn't please them, and so what else can I do to to try to make them happy and try to not lose them and try to, you know, I'm living to please people and not please God, and we need to flip that around. It steals our joy. I think that some of us have not had joy in a long time, and it's simply because we're always trying to please people more than God. And we've wondered where our joy has gone, and maybe it's just a, maybe it's just a shift. No, in 2024, I'm going to live to please God. I'm going to live to please Him. I think sometimes, you know, you ever, talking about it stealing your joy, you do something that you thought would impress someone, only to find out that they still don't notice you anyway. And you're just trying to please them. You were living for that, living to please them. You, you give in physically to a person that you're in a relationship with because it's what they wanted, but it leaves you empty. And once they've gotten it from you, they're ready to move on to the next relationship and it didn't fix anything. Because you were living to, you were living to please somebody. That your life was centered around how can I make them happy? And if I do this, are they going to get mad? And if I don't do this, are they going to get mad? And what is like, and you're not living to please God? Or you make a decision based on what you think someone else is going to think of you, and the consequences of that decision affect you negatively, and the other person is nowhere to be found? And you were just living to, just living. I, just to tell on myself, this is a struggle for me. It's, it's easy to fall into the trap of trying to please people. Trying to please the people around you. But it's a trap. And it even leads to, and maybe you've experienced this, it leads to you start living in fear. And you won't do certain things and you won't make certain decisions and you won't like all because you're afraid of people. Of what people are going to think of what people are going to do. And there's something to be said about making the shift and saying, you know what, I'm going to live my life to please God. And I'm going to be obedient to God. And I'm going to let Him lead me. And I'm just going to focus on that. Our first priority should be to please God with our actions, with our decisions, with our words, with how we live. What if we shifted just one little shift before you make a decision? It's not what are they going to think? What does God think? One, one little shift like before you say that. It's not what are they going to think? It's what is God going to think? Before you post it. Come on. It's not what are they going to think? It's what is God going to think? Am I living to please God or am I living to please somebody right now? With your actions. What? What is God going to think? And trying to be a people pleaser in, in life is an absolute joy stealer. So can I, look at me, look right. Stop it. Stop it. Just, just stop it. 
stop living in fear of everybody around you and what people are going to think about this and that. Now listen, I'm not telling you, this is not a license. Don't you dare walk out of here and be like, well, I can be mean. I'm not telling you to be mean. In fact, if you're living to please God, God's not going to lead you to be mean to anybody. But it can remove some fear from your life. It can remove some things out of your life that you didn't even know were holding you back because now I'm living to please God and I'm not living to please the people around me. Look at what Paul was praying He says he was praying for the Colossian believers. This is in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. And I love the wording of this. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. I just love that, that our purpose is to please God, not people. What if we all got that perspective? That as Paul was writing this, he says, listen, here's my purpose. My purpose is to please God, not to please you. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm going to please God. And if we were all people, listen, if we were all people just living to please God, We'd be meeting needs and living to give and, and having joy in our life and all these things because we're living to please God, not living in fear of what other people are fear of man. But we've got a fear of God, this reverence for God, this awe of God. And so I'm going to live to please God and not people in my life. Look at this in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. He says, obviously... I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Which implies to me that you cannot be a devoted servant of God and simultaneously be consumed with pleasing everyone in your life and living in fear of everyone in your life. We have to, we have to decide I'm going to please God and I'm going to live to please God and not please people. I'm not telling you don't be nice. I'm not telling you don't think of others. There's scripture that says you need to actually think of others more than you think of yourself. But did you know that thinking of others more than you think of yourself is a way that you live to please God and not people? Did you know that living that way is actually living to give and not living to consume? Because I'm thinking of other people more than I'm thinking of myself. I'm just not going to live in fear of what you think about me as I serve God. If God tells me to do this, that like if God told me to make that decision and, and, and you think, well, I don't know if I'd have done that. I don't know if I, well, I'm not going to fear what you think because God told me to do it. I'm not going to be worried about what you think. I love you, but if God told me to do it, I'm going to do it because I'm living to please him. And Paul said, Paul who was writing this, he said some, like, he wrote down some difficult things. And I love his wording, this translation, how it words this. It says, obviously, obviously, I'm not living to please people. Obviously, like, it's almost like they were, like, writing him back or looking at him or it's like, that's really, like, you said what? And he's like, yeah, that's what God said. Like, even when I stand on this, when I stand on this platform and preach the word to you, I'm not here to please you. 
I'm here to please God. And when I walk off this stage and I stand right down here and we sing this last worship song, you know whose approval I'm looking for? His. And we'll walk out of here. And listen, I'm fine with this. I know this is like, this is American Christianity. Walking out and be like, oh, that's a pretty good sermon. That's a pretty good message. That's all right. Some Sundays it's like, well, that was great. That's exactly what I needed to hear. But can I, can I tell you, God did that for you. But whether or not you like it, that's still your problem. I'm going to clap for myself. Seriously. Because, and what if we all, like, we would be kinder? We'd be more loving. We'd be more generous. We're like, well, you're telling me not to worry about what people think and to just serve God. And even if it hurts their feelings, it's like, no. If you're living to please God, you'll be kinder. You'll be nicer. You'll be more generous. You'll think of others above yourself because that's what God's going to lead you to do. So all the things that you're like, well, that sounds like we might be like mean to people. and that, No, you'll be the exact opposite because you're living to please God. You just won't be consumed by fear of what people think. You just be concerned about, what does God think of me? What does God say about me? Where, like, what is God leading me to do? Was God, like, we made that decision, and we moved, and nobody understood it, and we felt like God was doing it. It's like, is God, is God pleased with that decision? Okay. Okay. Because I'm living to please him. We, we did that, and we sold this and we got out of debt and everybody thought we were crazy and we got rid of this house and we downsized and we did this or whatever and everybody's like what in the world are you doing do you not know and is god happy with that decision is god pleased with that is that what god told you to do then i'm okay with that that's what god told me to do you may not understand it but god told me to do it and i just want to please him i just want to obey him i just want to serve him just want to love him. Worship team, come on, you can come back. Come on, when you live to please God, you'll honor other people. You'll respect other people. You'll love other people. As a follower of, yes. Hallelujah. Amen. That's great news. Our responsibility as followers of Jesus is to live to please him. And I think that living in, in fear of, of pleasing everybody around you, it's got you out of alignment with, with the joy of the Lord inside of you. And you're not receiving everything that God has for you because you're out of alignment. But when you're living to please God, you're in alignment. I think we, we receive and we experience joy in our lives by pleasing God and not people. Will you stand today? We're about to sing and worship and, and pray, but I just want to encourage you with one other thing. I think as I'm processing these steps, just simple steps, not a foolproof plan, but just simple steps that I think 
the opposite of these things when we're when our circumstances dictate our joy then we're out of alignment we're out of agreement with with what God wants us to receive when our when when our lives are all about ourselves and we're living to consume and living to get and living for for what I can get out of this life where I can go what what I'm doing it gets us out of alignment with with the joy that God wants us to receive when I'm, when I'm fearful of what everybody around me is thinking, when I'm fearful of, of people, the Bible says it this way, don't be fearful of man, fear God. Fear God. Honor God, respect God, be in awe of God, reverence God, live your life to please God and let Him lead you, let Him lead you. And here's what I think will happen, because in all these things, none of them are really easy, but as I was just processing this again this morning, I thought, I think, that, I think that these are ways that God even opens doors. Like living to give. And, and people don't get it. And you're just like, you're, you're constantly giving things away and you're constantly being unselfish. And you're like, you could have used that for yourself and you gave it to them. You could have. And it opens a door. It opens a door that you can, at some point, at some point, you'll be able to step into and share the love of Jesus with somebody. Living to please God and not people. I don't, I don't know if you've ever fully lived to please God, but it doesn't make everybody happy. That's okay. In this life, you'll have trouble to take part. I've already overcome the world they hated me, they'll hate you. Jesus spoke to that. But I think it can open, it can open the door. And, and when people begin to ask me, I was even thinking about it this, this week, I was thinking about fasting. I had this, I had this happen to me yesterday. And it was, it was almost like a little, just not, not, not much, but just kind of a little, just a little open door. This week, you know, if you if you decide, like, I'm going to fast lunch every day and I'm going to get in God's Word instead of eating. And then you get invited to go to lunch and you're like, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll go with you. And you get there. And they're asking you, like, why are you not, why are you, why are you not, you not order anything? You didn't, you didn't get food yet. Would you be willing to say, If you read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, and when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. Like, don't, you know what that means? Like, this is how I view it in my mind. It's like, Jesus says this. When you're fasting, don't be like, people are like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Are you all right? Oh, I'm fasting for the glory of God. He says, no, like, put a smile on your face, act normal. But would you, like, I think when we live this way, that God has a way. Come on, God has a way of just kind of. And 
maybe you'll even hear it this way. If somebody asks you a question or you see something and you're like, oh, that's God opened the door, you're going to hear it. Something's gonna happen and you're gonna like somebody's gonna be like, I'm living please. This is what God called me to do, this what God asked me to do, this what I'm gonna be obedient, and all of a sudden you're gonna hear it. Just an open door. Come on, I think God's that good. I think he'll do it. And we're obedient. We live to please him. Need to be obedient. Live to be obedient. Yeah, live to give. Come on. Give your life, buddy. John 3, 16. Probably the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he would. He gave. He gave. He gave. So what do his followers do? We give. We give. We let others go first. We honor others above ourselves. We, we give. Oh, give. Oh, give. Oh, give. Oh, give. Oh, give. Yeah, I just live to give. I live to give. Come on, will you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I just want to ask you to ask the Lord, we do this often, but just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? What are you saying to me right now? Thank you, Jesus. Prayer team, you can come down. Be prepared to pray for people. And we just want to invite you. We're going to sing one final song. And I encourage you to be a part of this part of the service. I think this is a great way to end where we pray for people. And one last time, we lift our hands, we lift our voices, we honor God and worship Him. And we're going to do that in just a moment. But I just want to tell you, if you're here today and you need prayer for anything in your life, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. And coming for prayer doesn't mean, try, like coming to receive prayer doesn't mean you're a bad person. doesn't mean there's something crazy going on in your life. Like, you know what that is? Fear of people. We just talked about that. It's fear of people. If I go down for prayer, what is out of your seat, come down and receive prayer and then go back to your seat. And for the rest of us, we're going to, come on, we're going to lift our hands, we're going to worship God, we're going to bless the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So God, come on, why don't you lift your hands right now all across this room. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the joy that you want us to receive in our lives, that you want to overflow out of our lives, that in every circumstance, no matter what we're walking through, we are aware of your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your favor, the joy that only comes from you, God. We receive it today. Help us to come into alignment and come into agreement in this way so that we can receive your joy today. And Holy Spirit, I pray as we sing this song that you would draw every person today who needs prayer for anything in their life in Jesus' name.